0: First Kings chapter 13, and the title of today is Church People Can Lie. <laughs> of course they can, right? I, can I tell you, I was shocked one time when I found out that people that are crazy before they find Jesus, they're still crazy after they find Jesus. They just now have Jesus, and, and he is slowly working them toward healing. But it's a process, I heard someone say one time, they were talking to somebody else, and they said, Hey, I'd love for you to come to church with me. And they said, I can't go to church with you. That's but a bunch of hypocrites down at that church. And the guy replied, Absolutely. And we love one more to come with us. You should come to church with us. And it's that idea. We have this idea in our minds that the only people that go to church are perfect. Therefore, when we find out that there's actually just humans there, rather than taking a sigh of relief and saying, Great. We're not perfect we're just all humans and flawed and trying to get closer to jesus we get offended and we get upset and i'm not saying that we shouldn't get offended and upset when people hurt us i'm just saying we have to realize that while as people that love jesus we're aiming at something higher that doesn't mean we're always there and i say that because we're going to read a story today of something confusing where someone should have known better but they didn't And we're going to see what god's word has to say to us and maybe help us Realize who we should be listening to and who we shouldn't be listening to. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on the podcast and also where we all gather together at the Facebook discussion group, Bible Breakdown Discussion on Facebook. Also, we've started a website called thebiblebreakdown.com where you can go and kind of get the archive of all these different podcasts as well as several resources that we're slowly gathering together so that we can really help you because the more you dig, the more you find. And my hope is, is that a lot of times when we read this, it will spark something in you that will help you continue on your search to knowing God more. And so as we do that, if you have your Bibles, want to open up with me to 1 Kings chapter 13. One of the things I love about God's word is that it doesn't shy away from the hard stuff, the hard topics. And if there's a hard topic that I come across so much as a pastor, it's the idea of setting proper expectations when it comes to church, who to listen to, who not to listen to. If you've noticed over the past couple of days, it's kind of been the theme of what God's Word is really sharing with us, is that there's an opportunity for us to make one choice, but these people in, in the text are making a different choice, and there's disastrous consequences. Well, we're going to see today that it's one thing to, to listen to someone who says, hey, let's not serve God, let's worship a false god. Well, that's easy enough. But what if it's a difference between right and almost right? What if it's a difference between what God says and like 1% off from what God says to what we, you think God might have said? It can lead to disastrous consequences. And so we're going to read this together. Very bizarre story. And let's see what God will say to us on the other side. So if you're ready, 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 1 says this. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, "O oh, altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense, and the human bones will be burned. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give you a sign. The altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. Now pause. So what happened was, is this man of God, we don't even know his name, He came to where these uh, pagan altars were, and there was all this pagan worship. And he was saying, one day, God is going to raise up a king. And this king, a king from the line of David, his name is going to be Josiah. And he is going to destroy all of this. He's going to kill all of the pagan priests. And he is going to burn their dead bodies on these altars as a way to desecrate them. I'm talking about like, he's basically, he's saying, we're going to clean house up in here. And he said, I'm going to prove it to you, by the altar is going to split in two. And here's the thing. By the way, spoiler alert, that's exactly what God does. Several kings later, he raises up a king who does exactly that. So it's really cool. All right, verse four. When King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out, just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, Please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored so he could move again. Then the king said to the man of God, Come to the palace with me and have something to eat and I will give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you were there. And do not return to Judah by the way you came. So he left Bethel and went to his home another way. As it happens, there was an old prophet living in Bethel. And his, he and his sons came home, excuse me, his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. And the old prophet asked him, asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father, which road the man of God had taken. Quick saddle the donkey, the old man said, and they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. And he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. And the old prophet asked him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, Come home with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place, for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I too am a prophet, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together. The man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Then, while they were sitting at the table, a command from the Lord did come to the old prophet. And he cried out to the man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defiled the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command of the Lord your God who... The the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat and drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him and the man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. His body lay there on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The people who passed by saw the body lying on the road and the lion standing beside it, and they went and reported it in Bethel where the old prophet lived. When the old prophet heard this report, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord is fulfilling his word by causing a lion to attack and kill him. Then the prophet said to his sons, Saddle a donkey for me. And so they saddled the donkey. And they went out and found the body lying in the road. The donkey and the lion were still standing there beside it, for the lion had not eaten the body nor attacked the donkey. So the prophet laid the body of the man of God on the donkey and took it back to his own town and mourned over him and buried him. He laid the body in his own grave, crying out in grief, "'Oh, my brother!' Afterward, the prophet said to his sons, "'When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried.'" Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message the Lord told him to proclaim against the altar of Bethel and against the pagan shrines in this town of Samaria will surely come true. But even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. He continued to choose priests from the common people, and he appointed anyone who wanted to become a priest for the pagan shrines. This became a great sin and resulted in the utter destruction of Jeroboam's dynasty from the face of the earth. Whoa. So, I mean, I mean, get your head around that. Here here it is again. A prophet goes to Jeroboam and he says, because you are doing this great sin, God is going to take away your kingdom. And he is going to stop all this idol worship. And he is going to kill all of these false prophets. And then as a way to desecrate what you've done, he's going to burn the bodies. I mean, he just, I mean, he laid it out. And then when the king tried to stop him, the, the Lord caused the king's hand to, to be paralyzed, and he caused the altar to split. I mean, powerful miracles. And then he told the king, I can't stay here. I can't whatever. The Lord told me not to eat or drink and to go home a different way. Here's the mind twist. As he's going home, an old prophet heard what this man had done and then went and lied and said, the Lord told me for you to come to my house. He was lying why in the world (laughs) did this joker do this? Like the Bible doesn't say why. We can speculate and that's all it would be, speculation. Maybe he was jealous. Maybe he was mad because he was no longer following the Lord. And so the Lord wasn't speaking to him in the way he normally would. And he was jealous of this young man. Maybe, you know, you've ever watched the movie uh, Dark Knight. They were talking about the joker. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Maybe he just wanted to see what he could get away with. Or maybe he was trying to act out of what he thought was right, not what he knew was right. And because of that, he ended up fooling this guy, and the guy paid the ultimate price. So there's so many things we could say about him, and I I would encourage you, if you have time when this is over with, to take a moment and really think about the motives of this old prophet, and what would God say to you about your old, old motives when speaking into somebody else's life? Are you able to celebrate with people, or do you struggle to one-up them a little bit? I have to be so careful with making sure our motives are pure, but I want to ask the question for this younger man of God, and that is, why did you listen to another voice? Now, I say that talking to myself as well, because it's so easy to listen to that other voice, isn't it? And it's because of what we call the God card. I've talked to people before and they love to throw around, God said this, God said that. And can I be honest with you and tell you that if you do that a lot, no no, no condemnation on you, but I've got to where if I know, if I've been praying for you and I know that God has put a word on my heart for you, I will seldom say, God said. Many times I will say, I feel like this is what the Lord is telling me, or this is what I feel like you need to say, but I'm very careful to say, God said, because with that, Comes the Trump card. I mean, how am I, I going to not do what God said? I mean, that's the moment when this guy was like, "Hey, God, an angel of the Lord. God, God told me, you know." But here's the thing: God will never contradict His word. God will never say something in His word and then change His mind later. If adultery is wrong in His word, it's always wrong. <laughs> if it's wrong to steal, it's always wrong. If God's word says it's wrong to gossip it's always wrong. I've had people who I've heard who said, you know what? I know that adultery is wrong, but I I really hit a spark with this person in my life. And I just don't have that same loving feeling in my marriage. So I feel like the Lord is wanting me to like, that, 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 stop, stop there. That take Don't blame this on God. <laughs> this is you and your hormones. Okay. I, I got you, right? Like, no condemnation. We all all got a private battle nobody else knows about, but it ain't God's fault. And so my question for the young man would be, I don't care. God already told you what to do. And I say that saying it to myself. Can I tell you how many times I fell into this? How many times I read God's word and I knew what God's word was telling me to do. I knew in my own prayer time, the direction that God had for me. But then I watch a YouTube video or I hear somebody else And what they're doing sounds so good and sounds so holy. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe I ought to do that instead, even though God's already told me what to do. It's not always a sin problem. Sometimes it's a faithfulness problem. God told me to stay where I am, grow where I'm planted, not give up on this friendship, plug and play one more time, be faithful, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody else going and doing something, and I'm, I'm wondering if God's changing his mind. Well, I want to tell you something. God is never going to say anything to you that's going to contradict his word. So people in church can lie to you. Most of the time, it's unintentional. Most of the time, it's not on purpose. But that's why you always, when somebody comes to you and says, I got a word from the Lord for you. God told me to tell you something. Don't don't be rude. Listen. Listen. Because God might have told them, but what it will always do, it will always ratify what you already know God's word says. And so if they don't, you just politely say, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. you go on about your way. But then if you've read in God's word something from him, and then someone says, I just feel like, feel like the Lord put on my heart to tell you, and it backs up God's word, then you can listen. But never listen to somebody just because they claim to be a Christian. I want to say this to you, and I say this As a pastor, never listen to a pastor if they contradict God's word. If they say something that is against what God's word says, don't listen. Because we are held as pastors to even higher standard. Now we're gonna make mistakes all the time. So I'm I'm very careful to tell people that if your pastor ever says something that that contradicts God's word, you know, I don't ever tell them you should leave that church. Now, if they, if they continue to teach something that is against God's word, then you need to start a conversation with them and see if maybe they're just mistaken or if that, but just because I'm up on a stage doesn't mean I got anything more special than you do. As a matter of fact, I'm under more judgment than you are. And so always listen primarily to God's word and then listen to others. I think the lesson we can take from this chapter today is God told this young man, I got a big idea for you. I got something I want you to do, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you having to do without some things, and it's going to have to cost you going a different way than you had planned. Are you in? Yes, sir, I'm in. And then as he was on his way, somebody else came up to him and said, God gave me a word for you. The word for you is the opposite of what you already knew. And for whatever reason, he was naive enough to believe it. I want to say to you that along your journey, God's going to tell you, I got a big idea for you. The challenge is, is it's going to cost you some things and it's going to cost your life going a different direction than what you had planned. So, will you follow me? And then as you follow the Lord and you decide to be a man or woman of God, you decide to be the husband or the wife or the father or the mother that you always wanted to be or you never had or you stay faithful at a job, you do all this kind of stuff. There's going to be all these great ideas that's going to come your way. But, Does it line up with what God's already told you in his word? If not, you say, thank you. I appreciate that. God's already got a big idea for me. If it does, then you listen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word that it is true and Lord, that it is a safeguard for our soul. It is a firm foundation. And God, there are so many people in our life that mean well, and there's some that don't mean well. And one of the ways that we can tell the difference is does it line up with your word. Thank you, God, that your word is faithful and true. It is an objective, observable reality that when we build our life on it, there's solid foundation there. I'm thankful for all you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, listen, God's word says in 1 Kings 18, verse 21, Elijah, it's never been more true than it is right now. And that is this, how much longer would you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. The greatest decision we can make is when we burn the ships, bet the farm, sell whatever, and follow Jesus all of our life. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Kings chapter 14.